Shalom, brothers and sisters. Shalom. Shalom. We have a detailed lesson prepared for the brothers and sisters. Today's lesson will be called Freedom and the Deceitfulness of Sin. Today we're going to go into the the truth, truth, excuse me, the truth concerning freedom and the importance of comprehending what the deceitfulness of sin is. We're going to go to Proverbs 4 verse 20, brothers and sisters. Proverbs 4 and 20. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Listening to the Most High requires a deliberate choice to shut out all chaos around you and focus your thoughts, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 20. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. Right, brothers and sisters. We live in a world full of noise, brothers and sisters. Almost everywhere you go, you have uh, sounds competing for space in your mind, keeping us from letting our thoughts get below the surface level. Hearing God's voice means, brothers and sisters, not listening to the noise around you, closing everything out and focusing on the most high. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 21. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them, and help to all their flesh. So, brothers and sisters, today we're going to go into the truth concerning what freedom is, what true self-sufficiency is. Because this society robs you of what freedom is. They give you the freedom to be a homosexual. They give you the freedom to vaccinate your children. They give you the freedom to go to the library and be able to pick out a book about the, uh, the LBGTQR. Whatever it is. So these are the freedoms that they'll have you believe because you can say what you want. That's freedom. We're going to James chapter 4 verse 1. James 4 and 1. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of luck, even of your lusts that war in your members? So brothers and sisters, the origin of battles is amongst us. It comes from things that are in the inside. We're in constant warfare. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 1. From whence come wars and fighting among you? Come they not hence, even of your lust that war in your members? Right. The wars start from the lust of your body, of your flesh, brothers and sisters. While being a follower of Christ is a life of peace, it's also one of constant warfare. As we serve Christ and look to extend his kingdom, we're at war with evil powers of darkness, brothers and sisters. Can you uh, read that one more time, brother? James 4, verse 1. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lust that war in your members? Yet ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have, and cannot obtain. Ye fight in war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Brothers and sisters, there's a fierce inner battle that goes on between the flesh and the spirit that we all must be prepared to deal with, brothers and sisters. Physical wars come from the war within our members, within us, brothers and sisters. War is a byproduct of sin. Battling is a byproduct of sin, brothers and sisters. Sin is... Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 2. Ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight in war... Yet ye have not, because ye ask not. So sin is insatiable, brothers and sisters. It's unfulfilling. Once you, once you act out that sin, it's like you never did it. You're, you're not full. You, you need to do it again now. So you kill, and you're still not satisfied. You eat, and you're still hungry. 
This is what this Bible. This is what the Scripture is saying, brothers and sisters. The sin in your mind at that time is like, if I do this, my life will be so much greater. And then you do it, and nothing changes in your life for the better. It actually changes for the worse. But in your mind, you thought that is exactly what you needed at that time, brothers and sisters. So we must be we must be aware that there's an inner uh, inner battle going on in our members between our flesh and our spirit, brothers and sisters. We're going to Ecclesiasticus. And the Apographer, chapter 2, verse 1. Ecclesiasticus 2 and 1. My son, if thou come to serve the Lord, prepare thy soul for temptation. Set thy heart aright, and constantly endure, and make not haste in time of trouble. Can you read that one more time, mm-hmm. brother? Verse 1. My son, if thou come to serve the Lord... Prepare thy soul for temptation. Prepare thy soul for temptation. How do we do that, brothers and sisters? We're going to show you Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. To show you how do you prepare your soul. New Testament, brothers and sisters. Ephesians 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. What does armor do? What's the purpose of armor, brothers and sisters? To protect you. The Most High is telling you. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Right. So this walk, brothers and sisters, is going to be a battle. Your walk to the kingdom, your walk with Christ will be a battle, brothers and sisters. Even when you're looking to do right, there's still a battle Being waged in the unseen, in the invisible, brothers and sisters. Can you continue, brother? Verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against... Can you read actually 11 one more time, brother? Ephesians 6 and 11. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The wiles of the devil, brothers and sisters. We We must be cognizant of what the wiles of the devil is. The devil exaggerates the pleasures of sin. Why minimizing the true nature and the outcome of the sin. So these are some of the wiles of the devil, brothers and sisters. This is a spiritual war, brothers and sisters. And you can't fight this war physically. Can you continue, brother? Verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. This is a spiritual fight, brothers and sisters. It it cannot be fought with physical weapons. It cannot be. Continue, brother. Ephesians 6 and 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Brothers and sisters, <clears throat> how do you prepare for bat- to battle an opposition you cannot see? We're going to go into it today, brothers and sisters. Continue, brother. Verse 14. Stand, therefore, having your loins girded about with truth, And having on the breastplate of righteousness. Truth, brothers and sisters. That's your greatest strength. Truth. Even in the face of temptation, truth will always avail, brothers and sisters. Continue, brother. Can you read that one more time? Verse 14. Stand, therefore, having your loins girded about with truth. And having on the breastplate of righteousness. A breastplate of righteousness, brothers and sisters. That's your power, is righteousness. Righteous talk. Righteous act. Righteousness protects you from the wiles of the devil, brothers and sisters. This is instruction on how we protect ourselves in a spiritual battle. Verse 15. 
and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Verse 16, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Fiery darts, brothers and sisters. In ancient times, you would have an arrow. You would light the arrow on fire, then you would shoot it at somebody. This is what this is, a fiery fiery darts, brothers and sisters, from the devil, from Satan himself. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 16, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Right. This is your sword, brothers and sisters. This is your protection, your Bible. And we're going to show you how to utilize your Bible in order to defend yourself, in order to cut. Continue, brother. Verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Right. So, brothers and sisters, this is the armor that you're going to need. In order to continue to maintain and sustain your freedom, brothers and sisters. Because why? The wiles of the devil. Satan is crafty and he has different ways in which he can try to get you to sin. He doesn't always come, you know, the way that you're expecting him to come. Sometimes he dresses up the sin to make it look uh, presentable. So we're going to go into, we're going to show you how did Christ protect himself with the same armor, brothers and sisters. We're going to Matthew chapter 4 verse 1. To show you how Christ protected himself. We're going to read Matthew chapter 4. We're going to read verse 1. Matthew 4 and 1. Then was Christ led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. So brothers and sisters. Once you make a decision to serve the most high the enemy will begin to send dark forces or ministers of iniquity to contend with you. Now look at this. Because Christ, he went to fast to prepare for the battle that was to come. And while he was preparing for that battle, there was a battle. To show you that even when you're fasting, even when you're praying, Satan is still looking to come against you. Some people say, well, I've been fasting and for some reason I feel like I'm being attacked. You're right. Because there's an attack within an attack. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 1. Then was Christ led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward in hunger. So brothers and sisters, examine this. You will continue to struggle with sinful temptations as believers, even in the truth, even when you're fasting and praying. But Satan is always Mm -hmm. looking. These are his wiles, brothers and sisters. Uh, Continue, brother. Verse 3. And when the tempter came to him, he said, tempter, brothers and sisters, you must understand when you're dealing with somebody who's looking to provoke you. You must understand when you're dealing with somebody who's looking to tempt you and to act in a certain manner that you know you shouldn't act or get a rise out of you or to do something that you know you shouldn't do. You got to know that's coming, brothers and sisters. When you're having a conversation with somebody, you know that it's an opportunity. This person going to try to either make me angry or get me to do something I shouldn't be doing. And you got to be on, you got to be cautious, brothers and sisters. Know when you're dealing with the tempter. Verse three. <clears throat> and when the tempter came to him, he said, if thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. See, he's coming to provoke Christ. Verse four. But he answered and said, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. So, brothers and sisters, how did Christ defend himself from the wiles of the devil? 
That's sword. He went into the scriptures, brothers and sisters. That's how you respond with scripture, brothers and sisters. He's using precepts right here. See? So each and every one of us, if we haven't put together a precept book, that's your next step, brothers and sisters. And when we say a precept book, it's a notebook with all of your notes in it. If you're struggling with fornication or something like that, you would go onto your strong concordance, write down every scripture that says fornication or speaks on the fornication that you could be struggling with. And when that time or that sin arises, you go right into your precept book and you look at the scriptures for those things. If you're watching our videos online, you can... You know, get a notebook and put down each scripture in chronological order. Therefore, you can go back on it when you need to, whether it's to help quell temptation within you or to help educate somebody, a loved one, a brother, a sister. So that's your next step, brothers and sisters, uh, that you should work on. And that will that will mean a lot for your growth because you'll be able to just have the scriptures there. I personally have about six or seven precepts book precept books. That I won't have to, you know, go searching for a scripture. I know it's there already. So if you wanted to do something on holidays, then you would put holidays. And you would put all the scriptures for holidays. So if it comes up, you have it right there, brothers and sisters. And you can keep that for 20 years, 30 years. Once it's done. And I keep adding to my precept books. I, I add precepts to it every day, to be honest with you. And that's something that brothers and sisters should work on. Because it's going to come in use. There may come an opportunity or a time where you're presented with a teaching moment and you need to be ready with your sword. But look at what Christ did. Christ started to use precepts. He started battling with scriptures. Read that one more time, brother. Matthew 4, verse 4. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, if thou be the son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written. Read that one more time. Verse 6. And saith unto him, If thou be the son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any moment thou dash thy foot against the stone. So what did Satan do? Satan started to come with scripture too. See? To show you that you must... You must rightfully divide the word to know if the scripture applies. Because why? Satan will come in scripture too, brothers and sisters. He know the Bible better than all of us. He was there before, you know, before we were ever created, before Adam was ever created. So he knows the Bible too, brothers and sisters. So we wanted to show you that this was a battle between scripture, brothers and sisters. When you're dealing with a struggle, you're feeling alone. You're feeling like this, or you're feeling like that, you're dealing with some anxiety, or you're being anxious. You go into the scriptures and you read those scriptures, and the devil will flee, brothers and sisters. We're showing you because this is what Christ did. Christ went into the precepts, brothers and sisters. Uh, continue, brother. Verse 7 Christ said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. See, read, read that one more time, brother. Verse 7 Christ said unto him, it is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. See, so you have to defend yourself with what you've learned, brothers and sisters. That's how you defend yourself. And see, Christ didn't give some long-winded answer. He had scriptures that was easy to be understood and simple and went right there to a gut punch. He didn't go into all, you know, a whole nother soliloquy. He didn't go into an essay. or He went straight to the scripture that could cut it. And that's what you got to do, brothers and sisters. 
Start taking your notes down, brothers and sisters, so you can go to your scriptures. Because there's nothing, there's no worse feeling than to know the truth about something and trying to share it with somebody and they ask you for the scripture and you don't have it. That, that, that right there, brothers and sisters, will cause you to go do some studying. Because it's happened to me before. Somebody asked me for something and I wasn't prepared. And that led me to go back in the cave for like six years and to prepare for everything. Because there's nothing like that when you have the opportunity and you can't present on it. Now you're pretty much a Christian. Because you can't back up anything you're saying. So brothers and sisters, you must use scriptures to defend yourself. This right here gives us great encouragement that we can fend off the wiles of the devil just like Christ did. Continue, brother. Verse 8. Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and saith unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then said Christ unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. See, it is written. So Christ didn't do no regular talking. He went straight into the scriptures, brothers and sisters. That's the only way you can beat Satan. That's the only way you can beat it. And see, Satan knew he couldn't contend with Christ. When Christ started coming back with those scriptures, he was like, oh, okay. He on point. He on point. All right, I'm out of here. So Satan will come to test you, brothers and sisters. And it may not take you 40 scriptures, you know. For that spirit to quail, you just got to be prepared with something that applies, brothers and sisters. This is the way that you put on that armor. Truth, righteousness, grace, mercy. This is how you defend yourself, brothers and sisters. This is how you defend your freedom. Uh, continue, brother. Verse 11. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. See, so once he realized he couldn't get Christ, because Christ knew a scripture. Christ knew that the word, that word. Brothers and sisters, he knew he couldn't contend with him. He just left. And the same thing will happen. Now, listen, Satan will send ministers of iniquity to you. It could be a loved one, a friend, an old friend, an ex, right? He couldn't send anybody but himself to Christ because he knew Christ was that man. Christ was a bad boy. And he had to go in. He had to go see him himself because he knew he couldn't send anybody in this place. And Christ had the scriptures. Look, he used precepts, brothers and sisters. Some people who follow our church say, well, why do you jump around in the Bible? Seems like you go from scripture here, some in the Old Testament, New Testament. That's how you learn the Bible, brothers and sisters. It's precepts. We're going to show you that it's written in the Bible, that that's how you're supposed to read the Bible. Because why? It's written in dark sentences. So if you try to read it like a novel, you'll only confuse yourself, brothers and sisters. So you want to get maybe a study Bible. And in that study Bible, in the middle of it, They'll have footnotes on certain scriptures that link you to other scriptures that give you a better understanding of what preceded it. We're going to show you, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Psalms 119 and 104. This is how you defend yourself, brothers and sisters. Christ used precepts there. Now, some people may be thinking, what's the definition of a precept? Precept is a guiding principle. Or a rule that is used to control, influence, or regulate conduct. So when you use the precepts, the precepts allow you to stay within the, the ideology of the Bible and not to sway off. So it gives you markers and rules on how to understand the scripture. It will give you a better understanding on the scripture that preceded it. This is how you read the Bible, brothers and sisters. This is what Christ was using. Psalms 119 and 104. 
Through thy precepts, I get understanding. Through, therefore, I hate every false way. See, through precepts, I get understanding. When you use the Bible in precepts, that's how you get understanding, brothers and sisters. Therefore, I hate every false way. Because why? The precepts show you the false way, brothers and sisters. That's, that's how we got to use the Bible. That's how we fight, brothers and sisters. That's how you use your Bible as a sword. The same way Christ used it. He battled, not physically, with Scripture. Because there's nothing like Scripture, brothers and sisters. I don't care who you are, how famous you are, how much money you have. Your word is not more powerful than the word of God. No matter who you are, parent, grandparent, when you bring those scriptures out, that cuts. And everybody knows they can't contend with the Bible, brothers and sisters. So this is the way in which you protect yourself through your precepts. It's okay to sit back and, you know, just listen and chill. But at some point, this is your work for the most high. I put together precept books over a half a decade before I ever taught somebody, brothers and sisters. And I'm still putting them together. And I didn't put it together to teach somebody else. I put it together to teach myself. I put it together for my mom or my dad or somebody who may ask me a question. So, brothers and sisters, take your time, your time of leisure to do something for the most high because you'll retain a lot of knowledge like that. When you're learning from somebody, even if it's not here, write down the scriptures and put an excerpt underneath the scriptures in chronological order. Therefore, you're prepared at any time. It can go down on a street corner. It can go down in the cafeteria. It can go down in the public restroom. I got my precept book and I'm ready. And brothers and sisters, that is something I would urge you all to work on. And it'll take years to do. It'll take a lot of time, brothers and sisters, but it builds your character and you're doing it for the most high and you're retaining knowledge all at the same time. Precept book, brothers and sisters. Christ used precepts. Read that one more time, brother. Psalms 119 verse 104. Through thy precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Right. We're going to Proverbs, brother, 9 and 7. Right after Psalms. Proverbs 9, verse 7. He that reproveth a scorner getteth to himself shame. And he that rebuketh a wicked man getteth himself a blot. Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man and he will love thee. Brothers and sisters, if you give wisdom to a wise man, he will add that to what he already know and become even wiser. Re read that one more time, brother, the last scripture. Verse 8. Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man and he will love thee. Brothers and sisters, a scorner will not receive correction. They're going to always have an excuse for why they're not going to receive it, brothers and sisters. Whether they're going to use scripture or say they don't agree or man wrote the Bible, brothers and sisters, it's, it's out there. So a wise man, he don't get offended when somebody give him, uh, you know, productive criticism or constructive criticism. He actually take that and say, you know what? I didn't know that was a weakness. You know what? I'm a, I need to add that to my repertoire. That's how I use scripture, brothers and sisters. That's how I use things that transpire in my life. I don't use it to say, oh, I'm not good enough. I use it to better myself and become stronger. Because why? Somebody else saw a weakness that I didn't see. A lot of times other people can see what's going on with you, but you can't see it. The same way you can see what's going on with everybody else, but can't see what's going on with yourself. So, brothers and sisters, this is what this receive correction, brothers and sisters, if it's warranted. If it's productive, if it's constructive, brothers and sisters, if it's right, if it's right, you got to receive it. Why, you know, 
No matter who it's from. If it's right, you got to receive it, brothers and sisters. Don't tell me that I'm going to reject truth because it came from a white man. Or from a nation. Or an African. No. That would be foolish. That's foolish, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you James 4 and 4. We're going into freedom, brothers and sisters, and the deceitfulness of sin. James 4, verse 4. Ye adulterers and, ad and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of, of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Enmity, brothers and sisters, is an opposition. It's an opposite. It opposes the Most High God. That's what that means. Continue, brother. Verse 5. Do ye think that the Scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth is us, in us lusteth to envy? But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to, the, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from see, you. See, resist the devil, brothers and sisters. Because why? There, there's a way where that sin, that spirit of sin creeps back into our lives. Even after receiving the truth of the gospel, brothers and sisters, that old sin will creep back in if we forget the basics of what brought us into the truth. Because why? Sometimes we just get comfortable. We get comfortable and, you know, we start slipping back into it. We, yeah, I mean, you know, I've been doing the Sabbath for six years, you know. I missed one. Huh? Right. I, yeah. I mean, I, I, man, I haven't been eating pork for 10 years. You know, it ain't no food in here. You know, all it is is pepperoni, a little pepperoni. I mean, you know, see, it'll creep in just like that in small increments, brothers and sisters, because why that newness wore off when you was newly understood what the truth was. You wouldn't even warm up bread in the microwave on the Sabbath. You wouldn't even turn the lights on on the Sabbath. <laughs> This is the way a lot of people act, brothers and sisters. But as you continue, you know, to uh, grow and uh, mature, it becomes old to you because you understand and you've been doing it for quite some time. Imagine doing this for 10 years, brothers and sisters. Imagine doing it for 20 years, for 30 years. You think this could become old to you? Sabbath become just, you know, it's normal to you now. It's not even a big thing to talk about. You know what's going on on the Sabbath. Nothing. You know that. So, brothers and sisters, do not allow sin to creep back into your life. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. He will flee, brothers and sisters. That old sin will creep in if, you know, if we forget to practice the basics, brothers and sisters. This lust will re-enter in a dramatic way. Fornication, thievery, envy, will reemerge in a dramatic way, brothers and sisters. Sin's deceitfulness progress is in small increments, so it's a little bit by a little bit. They don't just pull the rug out at once. You just you start accepting things again a little bit by a little bit. Before you look up, you're back to the person you were before, brothers and sisters. Uh, can you read verse 8, brother? James 4 and 8. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, he double-minded. Right. Double-minded, brothers and sisters. That means you want to do right, but you want to do wrong, too. You can't make up your mind. You're hot and cold. You know what's right, but you still want to do what's wrong. And some people say, well, you know, can you pray for me that I can stop doing this or doing that? And prayer is good, brothers and sisters. 
But there comes a time when the person who needs the prayer needs to just stop it. Because that's how easy it is. For you to just stop what you're doing. You know it's wrong. Just stop. (laughs) I'm not saying people don't need prayer. But you have the control to stop it. Whatever it is that you claim that you're struggling in. You're just not doing it right now. So understand that too. There comes a time, brothers and sisters, where we have to stand up for something. All, Each and every one of us. Let's go to James chapter 1. Just a few chapters over, brothers and sisters. We're going to read 14 and 15. James 1 and 14. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Wow, that's a deep passage. Read that one more time, brother, from the top, please. Verse 14. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. The deceitfulness of sin, brothers and sisters. See how deceitful that is? Because why? First, it deals with what? It it deals with any of the objections in regards to that particular sin. Then what? It proposes something good that could come from that sin, right? See? So this is how it's deceitful, brothers and sisters. All the while... This whole time withholding what the repercussion is for that sin. So now you deceive me to where you you're thinking now the good things that can happen if I if I perpetuate this sin, even for a moment. If you're trying to be a fornicate, oh, it'll feel good for this moment and yada, 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 so forth and so on. So what it does is it magnifies, it heightens your sensitivity to the sin. It tells you. What's good from the sin, what you can get good from the sin, well, I know I shouldn't work on the Sabbath, but I do need this money. And he will forgive me, all the while withholding the thought of any consequences that come with that proposed act. You never think about the consequences when you're about to sin, do you? That's the deceit, brothers and sisters. All sin starts with deceit first, and we're going to prove it, brothers and sisters. All of it. Hebrews 3 and 13, brother, to show you that all sin... Begins with deceit. All of it. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 13. Hebrews 3 verse 13. But exhort one another daily. Read that one more time. But exhort one another daily. Brothers and sisters, there's a powerful effect of encouraging brothers and sisters each and every day. As I'm sure the majority of you know. There's there's that right there, brothers and sisters is a great help to those who are struggling. Encourage each other because you never know what somebody else is going through, but it helps you be stronger when somebody's encouraging you. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 13. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Read that one more time, brother. But Verse 13. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. The deceitfulness of sin, brothers and sisters. Notice very carefully that sin has a hardening power over the heart. If a person continues in sin, any sin, he will become hardened by the very nature of that sin. By its deceitfulness. In fact, first, when you transgress, your conscience wears on you, right? You may have trouble with it. But as you continue to practice that sin, your conscience becomes hardened. Where now it's not even a big thing to you. That's the deceitfulness of the sin, brothers and sisters. All sin 
starts with deceit. And we're going to go into it today, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 13. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Right. The deceitfulness of sin, brothers and sisters. Sin's deceitfulness is the source of its strength. And we're going to show you how all sin, all sin begins with deceit first, brothers and sisters. We're going to 1 Timothy chapter 2. We're going to read verse 13 and 14. 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy 2 verse 13. For Adam was first born, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in transgression. See, what happened before the transgression? She was deceived. The first sin that ever happened was based on her being deceived, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 13. For Adam was first born, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in transgression. Right. Eve began the first sin in deceit. Her soul being safe until her mind was led astray. And the same thing happens today, brothers and sisters. The same thing. Sin ruins our intimacy with the Most High. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 13. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. And we're not bringing this out to say, you know, women... Anything about women in a negative fashion, brothers and sisters. Satan deceived her. He did it by presenting things not as they really are. Eve saw the fruit and realized it was desirable. Satan capitalized on that and his temptations by insinuating that God was trying to short circuit their relationship by withholding this tree from them. So he had to deceive her, brothers and sisters. It started with deceit. The first sin ever started with deceiving, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you. Let's go to Genesis, brother, 3 and 13. Because she said it, that she was deceived out of her own mouth. Genesis 3, verse 13. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. Beguiled me. See, brothers and sisters, deceit. Deceit precedes actual sin, brothers and sisters. The devil is a master of inducing deceit in order to lead men and women to sin, to guilt, to death. He always uses deceit, brothers and sisters. When sin deceives the mind, it's very dangerous. It's very dangerous. Why? Sin deceives the mind and lures it away from the responsibilities. Because why? If you believe, right, for example, you believe that somebody maybe disrespected you, that's going to lead you, right, for your behavior to get out of character. It's because of your perception, right? It's your perception. So how you perceive things leads your body to act afterwards, brothers and sisters. So when sin deceives the mind first, right, well, you know, my, my husband, he was cheating on me, so, you know, I cheated back. See, you're deceived, your mind is warped now. You believe because you think somebody did something to you. Now you should go do it. See, it all started with the deceit. It always starts with deceit, brothers and sisters. Satan tricked you into believing that this transgression, you partaking in this transgression, you will be fulfilled. You will be happy with that. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 13. And the Lord God said unto the woman, 
What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. See? So the sin started with deceit, brothers and sisters. Sin works by force to dethrone grace and bring the soul into captivity. That's what sin does, brothers and sisters. And it all starts with the deceitfulness of it. And we're going to go into it today because why? A lot of people, you know, that's just something we skip over. We look at the sin, but we don't look at what precedes the sin. There's always going to be a deceit there, brothers and sisters. If a man is a fornicator, something in his mind says, it will be worth it right now. See, your, your mind is what? You think you're going to get something out of this, 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 this 10 minute thing. The, the deceit, brothers and sisters, we're going to show you time and time again. We're going to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. You got to look for the deceit, brothers and sisters. Just like somebody who sells drugs, they will use the excuse of, well, I have to feed my family. See, so now you've been deceived because you think your family can't eat without you selling drugs, which led to what? You selling the pharmaceuticals. The deceit comes first, brothers and sisters, always. We're going to show you. Second Corinthians 11, verse 3. Verse 3. But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his sub subtility, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Brothers and sisters, Paul warned the Corinthians of Satan's deceitful activity within the garden. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 3. But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtility, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. See, he's subtle. He's crafty. Brothers and sisters, when the mind is deceived, the power of sin becomes very great. Sin is used. Sin, pardon me. Sin uses deceit as a springboard. It hides what ought to be seen and considered and conceals circumstances and consequences. It presents what is not or things as they are not. It is a representation of matter under disguise, right? Hiding that which is undesirable, proposing that which is indeed in it, that the mind may make a false judgment of it, brothers and sisters. This is what transpires, brothers and sisters. Sin always uses deceit as a springboard. Before the sin is going to come a deceit that's going to stimulate your senses to actually transgress the law. And a lot of times we're, 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 we're self-deceived, brothers and sisters. A lot of times we, we deceive ourselves. A lot of us do. Let's go to Revelations 12 and 9, brother. <clears throat> Revelation 12, verse 9. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent, called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. He deceiveth the whole world. See, brothers and sisters? The deceit comes before the sin, brothers and sisters. Sin always deceives. The devil is what? The master marketing agent. He packages sin in a neat, nice, attractive bundle. He makes it look good, brothers and sisters. He makes it look fun. When really he's bringing you into bondage. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 9. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent, called the devil, and Satan was deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. 
Right. If you deceive the mind, the body will react in which the way which the mind perceives things, brothers and sisters. See, Satan has perfected this now. He knows that in order for you to sin and feel okay about sinning with no conscience, it's to deceive you first. It's called psychology. First, we create a problem that doesn't exist. Right? Telling Eve, you know, you should eat this and, uh, you, you, you know, you'll be able to see like God's. Now, there's no problem in her and Adam's life. They're living, eating, what you know, freely, healthy. So he created a problem and then said, now I have the prescription for it. Let me write you the prescription. Take this tree. So now he's telling you that the, the most highs, uh, the most highs avenue is, is you know, is short-circuiting. That the most highs answer to you or the most highs prescription pad isn't good enough. So you should actually do this. Even though he said do this, you should actually do this. Because what the most high said isn't good enough. So that's what Satan will always do, brothers and sisters. He's the master of psychology. The master. We're going to go to Jeremiah 17 and 9. The deceitfulness of sin, brothers and sisters. Jeremiah 17, verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things. Read that one more time, brother. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who right. can know it? Right. So, brothers and sisters, our basic propensity to fall prey to sin, to the deceitfulness of sin, is within our own being, brothers and sisters. Sin is... Read that one more time, actually, brother. Jeremiah 17, verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. See, so sin deceives us by creating in us a desire for that which we know is harmful to us. That's how it deceives you, brothers and sisters. We are sadly prone to sin and evil has great influence over us. Christians or Israelites, those who are following Christ, followers of Christ, should watch cautiously for the ways in which sin seeks to deceive you. Can you read that one more time, brother, before we move on? Jeremiah 17, verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Right. And we know the heart is what you call today the mind. That's your mind, brothers and sisters. It's deceitful. So Satan knows that he attacks your mind and your perception in order to get you to sin. Because why? You'll justify it. Before you sin and you know it's wrong, you will justify it. You're not going to just outright do it. Somehow you're going to justify it. You're going to do it a hundred different ways until you figure out a way where it's okay. And the Most High know that. That's why he's warning us of the deceitfulness of sin. We're going to Mark 7 and 21. Mark 7, verse 21. For from, for from within... Out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders. Brothers and sisters, sin stems from within. It's within us, brothers and sisters. Deceive the heart. How many times we thought we needed something or somebody that we couldn't do without that you don't even, you don't even know anymore. You don't even talk to. Or you needed that car or you just mm -hmm. needed that bag or them shoes that you don't wear anymore. It starts with the deceit, brothers and sisters. It always starts with deceit. Can you read that one more time, brother? Mark 7, verse 21. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornication. See? So why? Because adulteries 
committing adultery, you've been deceived to think that what? That this is going to be righteous for you. This is what you need. This is you fulfilling your flesh, right? Fornication, same thing. This is what you need, right? You're a servant to murder. Because why? I had to kill him because he was going to kill me. See, these are the games that Satan plays. These are the games. He had to deceive you first before you acted out. Continue, brother. Verse 22. Thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. They come from within, brothers and sisters. And sin frequently comes as what? Mere suggestion or imagination. You don't think of committing the fault or even talking about it, but you think about it pleasantly. That's where it starts, brothers and sisters. The thought fascinates and, you know, once we're fascinated, that spell of evil begins its deadly spin or its deadly web. Thoughts condense into desire, brothers and sisters, and desire grows into purpose. And purpose ripens into the act. That's how it happens, brothers and sisters. It starts with the deceit of the mind. That's where it starts, brothers and sisters. Deceit. The deceitfulness of sin. When the sin comes, look for the deception first. Once you see the deception, you know now how to handle it. How do you handle it? Through your precepts, through the scriptures, brothers and sisters. When you're going through something, even if you're alone by yourself at home and you're starting to feel anxious or anxiety or you feel that thing rising up in you where you're about to commit adultery or fornication, you got to go to the scriptures that, you know, the precepts that link to those particular struggles that you're going through. And what? The devil will flee, brothers and sisters. He will. He just need to come test you to see if you're slipping or not. You slipping or you on it? Listen, you need to be ready for that feeling to come on you at one o'clock in the morning and be able to go into those scriptures and not go to Google and be like, well, where, what does it say about this? No, because there is going to be no Google pretty soon, brothers and sisters. You got to have this for yourself. When they shut the Internet down, you need to have the notes, brothers and sisters, because why? They're going to shut the Internet down. All the Bible apps and things we use. It's going to be no more, brothers and sisters. You're going to have to receive the mark of the beast to get on the Internet. They, so you gotta, we gotta start getting the actual books, brothers and sisters, and actual notebooks, and write with your hand. It's something spiritual about writing. You retain better knowledge when you write it, brothers and sisters. Uh, let's go to Ephesians four twenty two, brother. This is how you receive freedom, brothers and sisters. You got to know first the deceitfulness of sin. You need to know that. This is how you free yourself, brothers and sisters. Ephesians 4, verse 22. That ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. According to the deceitful lust. See? The lust is deceitful, brothers and sisters. Because why? You're going to justify it. Because if sin comes to us as sin, we're swift. To hate it and strong to repel it by the grace of God. When we're walking with God, right? We only need to know that an action is forbidden for that to be enough for us to overturn it. But what? Sin puts on another dress sometimes, right? And it comes to us speaking a language which may seem pleasant or favorable to our ears. So even 
then, brothers and sisters, understand that sin is not always packaged up as evil. A lot of times, it's putting a package nice for you where you can accept it. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 22, that ye put off concerning the former conversation, conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Right, deceitful lust, brothers and sisters, because what? Sin, sometimes it puts on a different dress. It comes to speaking a language which is not its own. So even those who would avoid sin as sin may fall to this, because why? There's many degrees that start with being tempted by evil to what? To do what's wrong. So we got to understand that sin doesn't always appear to be sin, brothers and sisters. And you got to know that. And you got to have your precepts. And you got to study to show that self approved. Because Satan had many tricks, many wiles of the devil. He was crafty, brothers and sisters. So we have to be aware that everything is not going to be something you can just spot. You're going to have to use your mind. You're going to actually have to think. This is chess, brothers and sisters. It's not check. It's, this is chess, not checkers. So sometimes you have to, what? You have to give up a piece to actually win. You actually have to sacrifice something to win sometimes. You actually have to think three steps ahead. Because why? Satan is, brothers and sisters. So we're going to talk about it today. We're going to talk about freedom and the deceitfulness of sin. Can you read that one more time, brother? Ephesians 4, verse 22. That ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Right. So a deceitful desire, brothers brothers and sisters, is a desire that's lying to you. What is it saying to you? It's saying that if you steal or you look at pornography, pornography or what? If you mean and you get the last word at work today, you'd be happier. Life would be happier if you actually transgressed. If you just transgress this law, you would be happier. See, that's a deceitful lust. That's a deceitful desire. That's the deceitfulness of sin. Because it would have you believe if you actually broke this law, you would be happier. And that's not the case, brothers and sisters. All sin flows from deceitful desires. We're going to prove it. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. First Corinthians 10 verse 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. See, so all temptations, brothers and sisters, each and every man and woman go through temptations. The only thing is sin has a way of adapting itself to us and our circumstances. So it may be presented to you in a different fashion. Fornication is presented to all people, especially all men. But it may be presented in a different fashion. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. Right, so if there is temptation, there's a way to escape it, brothers and sisters. And if you have that armor, then you're going to go into scriptures to fight this thing. Even if you don't have precepts or whatever, whenever you something is transpiring in your life where you feel like, it's spiraling out of control. You have to fight it with scriptures, brothers and sisters. You have to. That's what Christ did. He gave us the recipe on how to fight and take down the devil. When he's tempting us to transgress the law. Let's go to Galatians 5 and 17. New Testament. Galatians 5 verse 17. 
for the flesh lusted against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 17, for the flesh lusted against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other. So that ye cannot do the things that ye would. See, there's an inner battle within us, brothers and sisters. The heart symbolizes our innermost being. The source of our words and our actions. Today, we call it the mind. So there's a battle going on within you, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 17. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other. So that ye cannot do the things that ye would. Right. When God, when the Most High God, brothers and sisters, awakens us to his uh, glorious truths, we begin to what? We begin to see the vital importance in righteousness and perpetuating that. So we what? We begin to hunger and to apply those particular uh, attributes within our lives. But what's already in our heart almost fights desperately to not be replaced by this new understanding that you have. This is what happens, brothers and sisters. You got that old passion that's in you that's fighting against this new information that you're trying to place in your heart. What's in your heart already is fighting desperately to not be dispelled out of, out of, out of your heart. This is a fight that's going to constantly go on. We saw that Christ was fasting. So if he's fasting, that means he's actually preparing for a war. And Satan attacked him while he was fasting. So don't think you're doing something wrong because you're being attacked. While you're fasting. Had a brother tell me one time, uh, you know, when I fast, I'm irritable. I'm like, brother, you need to keep fasting until you're not irritable no more. Brothers and sisters, there's going to be attacks. Even when you're doing the truth. Even when you're looking to battle and fight for Christ. Even when you're fasting and praying. Satan is coming, brothers and sisters. Looking for whom he may devour. So we must be girded. Our loins must be girded. We must have the breastplate of righteousness. We must have the shield of faith. We must have our sword. We must have it, brothers and sisters. We're going to Proverbs 5 and 1. Proverbs chapter 5. We're going to read verse 1. Proverbs 5 verse 1. My son, attend unto my wisdom. Examine his brothers and sisters. And bow thine ear to my understanding. Bow thine ear to my understanding, brothers and sisters. Receive what you hear. If you have an ear to hear, if you're hearing this broadcast right now, listen to the words coming out of this Bible, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Proverbs 5, verse 1. My son, attend unto my wisdom, and bow thine ear to my understanding. Right. Jump to verse 22, brother. Proverbs 5 and 22, his own iniquities shall take the wicked himself, and he shall be he be holding with the cords of his sin. See, so you'll be rest- you'll be tangled in your sin. Your sin is actually restricting you from becoming the man or the woman that you're supposed to be. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 22, his own iniquities shall take the wicked himself, and he shall be holding with the cords of his sins. See, so you're not free of your sinning, brothers and sisters. I know they, society would tell you you have the freedom to sin. But the sin, if you're sinning, you're not free. You're a servant. You're a servant to sin. And you're restricted by your sins. That's why it says you'll be bound with the cords of his sin. The deceit of sin always moves forward little by little, making use of any advancements that it has gained, brothers and sisters. 
before you know it, you're tangled in your sin. It's used to restrict you. It's used so you can't teach the gospel. It's used so nobody wants to hear the gospel for you. It have now become your prison. Your sins have now become your prison. Read uh, 22 one more time, brother. Verse 22. His own iniquity shall take the wicked himself, and he shall be holding with the cords of his sins. Right. So, brothers and sisters, we know we're talking about the deceitfulness of sin. First, it justifies any objections to a particular sin. Then it proposes the good that can come from that sin. And then what? It conceals the punishment for that sin. It's looking to deceive you, brothers and sisters. It never tells you that you'll be bound by those sins, but you will be. You will be bound by those sins, brothers and sisters. You will be restricted. You will have spiritual handcuffs on you that are your sins. Your own sins, brothers and sisters, will restrict you and make you not free. If you're bound, that means you're not free. Read that one more time, brother, please. Proverbs 5, verse 22. His own iniquity shall take the wicked himself, and he shall be holding with the cords of his sins. Right. He shall be holding with the, the cords of his sins, brothers and sisters. Let us show you what that means. Go to Romans, brother, chapter 6, verse 12. You're restricted by your own sins, brothers and sisters. Your sin makes you a servant. We're going to prove it, brothers and sisters. Romans 6, verse 12. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. So your body, your vessel should be used for righteousness, brothers and sisters, not for sin. This is what Paul is saying, brothers and sisters. Continue, brother. Verse 14, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. It says sin shall not have dominion over you, because why? If you're sinning, you're being ruled by sin. That's what this is saying, brothers and sisters. You have grace. Grace from what? The, the punishment of the law, not from the law. This doesn't mean that you don't have to follow the law. You have grace from the punishment that would be you being killed if you broke the Sabbath would be you being stoned if you was a homosexual. That's what you're under grace from. The punishment. But the law still remains, brothers and sisters. Verse 15. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? See, so he's saying, so because we have grace, should we sin on purpose? God forbid. Know ye not that whom ye yield yourselves service to obey his servants, ye are to whom ye obey. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 16. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether or of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. See, so whoever you serve, you're a servant to, brothers and sisters. If you practice sin, you're a servant to death. You're a servant to sin. If you practice righteousness, you're a servant of the Most High God. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 16, know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves service to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. See, so you're not free if you're sinning. And that's why we needed to go into the truth concerning what freedom is. Freedom doesn't mean you can be a homosexual or you can say whatever you want to say. That's not what freedom is. And actually, that's bondage. Sin brings us into bondage, brothers and sisters. Society have 
programmed us to where we don't know what freedom is. They have now programmed us to believe that servitude is freedom. This is what this is what has transpired, brothers and sisters. Can you can you continue? continue can, excuse me. Can you continue, brother? Romans six and seventeen. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Ye were the servants of sin. How are you a servant to sin? Because why? If you are what? If you're a fornicator or an adulterer, when a woman walk past you, you just have to look at her butt, don't you? You just need to see her shape because you're a servant to that thing. You can't help but look. When something pop up on your phone on a social media, you can't help but go look at it, can you? See? Because you're a servant. You're a slave to that thing. When that thing rise up in you, you have to do it. You can't even turn it down because if you could, you would have did it already. You're a servant to the sin, brothers and sisters. You're a servant to the drugs. You're a servant. It leads you. It's the same way. If you could have stopped, you would. You've become a servant of sin. You've now lost your freedom, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Romans 6, verse 17. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Right. So, brothers and sisters, a lot of people, if the sin presented itself, you would do it. A brother who's a fornicator or an adulterer, when there's pornographic stuff, he's going to watch it. If the opportunity comes where he can look at a girl's butt and not be found out, he's going to do it. He's going to do it, brothers and sisters. And what? If the opportunity presents itself, he has to fulfill his flesh. So since you're going to fulfill your flesh, Satan will make sure the opportunity presents itself. Because he wants you to fulfill your flesh. So he can now go back to the Most High and say, look, look what he's doing. Now let me take something from him. So if you only do things when the opportunity presents itself, Satan's going to make sure that opportunity does present itself because he wants you to sin. So don't be a servant, brothers and sisters, because why? Some people will say, well, you know what? I've already sinned, so I might as well get the most out of it. So then they go further. I, well, listen, I cheated one time. I already did it. You know, I might as well cheat with everybody. I already cheated, cheated, cheated. This is what they're going to do. I might as well get the most out of this sin. I didn't use it up. Let me continue to drag this thing out. <laughs> this is what happens, brothers and sisters, the deceitfulness of sin. Sin puts us in bondage, brothers and sisters. When we obey our flesh, it puts us in prison. It puts us in bonds. The Bible just told us that it bonds us up in those sins. Those sins will be the reason you don't get into the kingdom. That's actually what's going to hold you back is those sins, brothers and sisters. Sin misrepresents reality. That's what it does, brothers and sisters. Servant of sin. If you're serving sin, you're not serving the Most High. And that's crystal clear. Continue, brother, please. Verse 18. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your, fle of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity... Even so, now you're your members' servants to righteousness unto holiness. See? So now, the same vigor you had in the world doing whatever it was, unlawful things you were doing then, use that same vigor. In fact, more, double, triple, to follow the Most High. As hard as you went in the world doing what you wanted to do, turn that around and channel that energy into following the Most High with that same vigor and that same hard-headedness. Continue, brother. <clears throat> Verse 20. For when ye were the servants of sin, 
you were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in the in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? Right. So what fruit did you bring back to the Most High? What, what fruit did you have when you was in the world? How did you help anybody out? How did you bring fruit back to the Most High? Your fruit was sin. Your fruit was unrighteousness and all the things that came from your sin. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 21. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of, of those things is death. See, the end of those sins is death, brothers and sisters. And you got to understand that. You must understand that the end of those things is death. Continue, brother. Verse 22. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ our Lord. Read 23 one more time, brother. Verse 23. For the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death, brothers and sisters. The deceitfulness of sin. You got to understand that. What does sin, what precedes sin? Sin urges the soul to go beyond the boundaries that are set up by the Most High God. That's what sin does, brothers and sisters. Sin promises what it cannot deliver. It promises pleasure, contentment, fulfillment, life. But it's delivery on all of those attributes. They fall short on the sin is unsatisfying, brothers and sisters. It's deceitfulness is the reason why it has addictive qualities. It lowers us on to try to capture what can never be delivered. That's how it works, brothers and sisters. That's how it works. The deceitfulness of sin. If you serve sin, you're not free. Freedom is following the most high. That's what freedom is. Freedom is not, oh, because you can marry another woman and you're a woman. That's not freedom. That's actually bondage. See how that, see how they programmed us, brothers and sisters? We don't know what freedom is anymore. We're going to go into how to be delivered. How do you receive freedom? First thing is you got to be able to identify the sin and the deceit that comes with it, brothers and sisters. Let's go to 1 John 3 and 4, brother. <clears throat> First John 3, verse 4. Whosoever committed sin transgresseth also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. See, brothers and sisters, transgression of the law is sin. This is problematic. It's problematic that in the Christian church, they don't know what a sin is. That's problematic. If you don't know what a sin is, you don't need to be teaching the Bible. At all. This is the problem, brothers and sisters. People think that sins are just the rules that their church has. Have nothing to do with your church. Sins is transgressing the law. What law? The laws in the Bible. If you break the law, it's called a sin, brothers and sisters. So we need to be free from breaking the law. Free. That means no death attached to it. Because why? What comes after sin? Death. So if you're a servant of sin, you're a servant of death. You're serving death. It's like a tug of war. God on one side, death on one side. Death just keep giving you these opportunities to stumble. And he's pulling you closer because you're serving him. You're serving him. You think you're fulfilling your flesh when really <clears throat> sin is winning. Death is winning because it has you a step closer. It's a game within a game, brothers and sisters. You got to be able to identify and put on your armor of the most high God. Can you read that one more time, brother? 
First John 3 verse 4. Whosoever committed sin transgresseth also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. That's, that's crystal clear, brothers and sisters. When you get a chance, ask a Christian what a sin is. And then you'll see why our Christian churches are so messed up. You don't even know what a sin is. Sin is transgression of the law. And if there's no law, then there's no sin. When you get a chance, ask a Christian, brothers and sisters, just to see what they say. Do they know what sin is? I would be astonished. I would be flabbergasted if they did. Let's go to Hosea 4 and 6, brother. Hosea 4, verse 6. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Read that one more time. My people are destroyed for, for a lack of knowledge. We're destroyed for a lack of knowledge, brothers and sisters. Sin still has a price. It's deadly. It's costly business. And we cannot dabble in it without being swept away. We need to have the knowledge of what sin is, brothers and sisters. And the importance of identifying the deceitfulness behind the sin. Because why? All sin comes with deceit first. Can you read that one more time, brother? Hosea 4, verse 6. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. Right. So, brothers and sisters, we must pick up the book and learn and listen and bow our ear to the Most High God. Because why? If you don't, that affects you, that affects your children, brothers and sisters. We need to teach our children and show our children and our friends and our family what freedom is because they have never experienced it. If you were free, tell me the last time you didn't celebrate Christmas. Because you're not free. See? When the last time you didn't celebrate Thanksgiving? Because you're not free to do what you want to do. You do exactly what Satan tells you to do. You're a servant of sin. You're a servant. And you don't even realize it. You don't even realize that you're serving. When is the last time you didn't celebrate, you know, January 1st? <laughs> because you're actually serving. Brothers and sisters, be able to identify that. We're going to Joe, uh, excuse me, John 8 and 32. John 8, verse 32. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Right. If we had the knowledge of the truth, we would be free, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time? Verse 32. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. See? We got to know the truth. We got to know the truth about sin, about its deceitfulness, about freedom. Because why? Sin is deceitful. Sin does not uncover all its hideousness and reveal all its horrible consequences, but it comes in a very subtle way offering advantage that's the deceitfulness behind the sin brothers and sisters you believe you're happier if you transgress it can you jump to 34 brother john 8 and 34 christ answered them verily verily i say unto you whosoever committed sin is the servant of sin see you're a servant of sin you're not free you're serving sin can you read that one more time brother both verses 32 and then jump to 34 john 8 and 32 and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Christ answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, 
whosoever committed committed sin is the servant of sin. Right, brothers and sisters, the deceitfulness of sin creates in the mind a tendency to do evil because other people have done it. Well, they're eating pork and they're fine. They celebrate Christmas. They're rich. They got four cars. Mm-hmm. See, this is the deceitfulness. This is the deceitfulness behind the sin, brothers and sisters. Once we recognize who we are in Christ, you're no longer subject to You're no longer a slave. You're no longer a servant of sin, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 34. John 8 and 34. Christ answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committed sin is the servant of sin. Right. Brothers and sisters, that reason that we sin is because why? We choose to serve our old master rather than our new master. But you are serving. So today we wanted to go into the liberation so you can understand what true freedom is. True self-sufficiency. That's following the most high God and not following sin because sin is attached to death. Death precedes that, brothers and sisters. Let's go to 2 Peter 2 and 19. We got three more scriptures and then we're going to close out. Brothers and sisters, you need to be free from that sin that has been burdening you. You need the truth for that. We're going to 2 Peter chapter 2 verse 19. Second Peter 2 and 19. While they promised them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought in bondage. See? So if you either overcome by Satan or the Most High, you're in bondage to whoever you're overcome by. You only have two options. You either follow the Most High and be overcome with righteousness, or you sin and become a servant of sin, become a slave, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Second Peter 2 and 19. While they promised them liberty. See, they promise you liberty. They say you have the freedom to celebrate Christmas. You have the freedom to eat pork. You have the freedom to be a homosexual. You have the freedom for a man to carry a purse when really that leads to subjection. See how they totally flipped that. People are actually coming, beating the door down to America so they could sin. They're begging for slavery, brothers and sisters. They're begging for servitude, brothers and sisters. So now that you can identify, what are you going to do? You must apply it. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 19. While they promised them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same as he brought in bondage. Right. After sin, brothers and sisters, ensues bondage. It does. Isaiah 61 and 1, brother. Freedom. Isaiah 61 verse 1. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. This is Christ. To proclaim liberty to the captive. To do what? Proclaim liberty to the captive. See, this is your freedom. Your freedom is in Christ, brothers and sisters. If not, you're a servant of sin and you're bound by your sins. See, this was Christ's job to come and show us a way to be free from death. Can you read that one more time, brother? Isaiah 61, verse 1. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, 
to proclaim liberty to the captives and openings of the prison to them that are bound. See, opening the prisons to those who are bound. What prison are you bound in? The prison of your sins. Christ came to free us and show us a way to beat it. He showed us how he, he battled with precepts against Satan himself and won. So he's showing you how to withstand the temptation so you can win. Christ came to free us. And that's why the Romans wanted to kill him. Because they knew he was coming to free the captives. And they weren't looking. <laughs> that doesn't work for them. They need you to continually be in sin. So you can serve. Continue brother. Verse 2. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And the day of vengeance of our Lord. Of our God. To comfort all that mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. To give unto them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old waste, they shall, they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolations of many generations. So this is what Christ is coming to do, brothers and sisters. He's here, he's coming to repair the brokenhearted or the broken minded, because why? We've been broken in captivity, mentally. And not just not just Israel, because why? The Gentiles were lied to, too. So they lied to us and they lied to themselves, brothers and sisters. So this is for all captives. If you are servant of sin, Christ came to free you. You got to study to show thyself approve and mimic what Christ did. Don't follow being an Israelite. That's not that's not the truth, brothers and sisters. That don't get you into the kingdom. You have to follow the Israelite. Which is Christ. It's the only person we should follow. We're going to Revelations 3 and 10. And then we're going to end it off at 2 Peter 2 and 9. Revelation 3 and 10. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience. I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation. The hour of temptation. In these last days, brothers and sisters, we're in the hour of temptation, which means anything your flesh wants to do, you're going to have the opportunity to, to, to do it. Anything that you want to do to fulfill your flesh, there's going to be a great chance that the opportunity presents itself. And if you do that, it's a great chance that when Christ comes back, you're going to be in that act. Can you read that one more time, brother? Revelation 3, verse 10. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Right, to try them that dwell upon the earth. Verse 11. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Keep that truth, that doctrine that you have. Let no man take that from you, because that's your crown. You know the truth. You know the doctrine. Don't allow anybody to take that from you and take that love, that 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 honey, that that sweet, that sweet smelling taste, that sweet savor that was the word. When you first got it, it was like it was just, you know, it was just too good. It was just on your lips. It was sweet. Mm -hmm. But after that, sometimes it becomes bitter, brothers and sisters, because you see how in, in such a bad case that we are. So if you remain in the hour of temptation. Continue, brother. Verse 11. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Him that overcometh will, will I make a pillar in the temple of my 
of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God. And I will write upon him my new name. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Brothers and sisters, if we, if we continue to be patient in the faith, in the truth, we will be delivered. That's what this is saying. Stop, read verse 10 again, brother, please. Revelations 3, verse 10. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation. I will keep thee from the hour of temptation. Some will be kept from this hour, protected by Christ. That's what he's saying. If you're patient in this word, I'll protect you in that day of temptation. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 10. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the earth, to try them that dwell upon the earth. See, so that hour of temptation will come for everybody, but if you're patient in the truth, in the work, you will be protected. You will be saved, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you 2 Peter 2 and 9. Second Peter two verse nine, the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation, and to reserve the unjust until the day of judgment to be punished. Read that one more time, brother. Verse nine, the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation, and to reserve the unjust until the day of the judgment to be punished. If you're patient and you utilize these uh, these tools that you've learned to battle and to put on the full armor, brothers and sisters. You will be delivered. The Most High will deliver the godly. Brothers and sisters, direction is more important than speed. There's a lot of people going nowhere fast. Today's lesson was direction and instruction about the truth concerning freedom and the deceitfulness of sin. We want to say, Kwam Yasharala. Kwam Yasharala. Sin no more. Sin no more.